Welcome to the C3 Church Coffs Harbour podcast. We're glad you're here. We pray that you'll be blessed and encouraged by this week's message. Talking about how I can't move past the first 18 verses of John at the moment and, and what they're teaching us. And I know this is not really your stereotypical Christmas-style message um, and because John doesn't give us a really clear account of the birth of Jesus. Luke absolutely gives us that where he talks about the angel visiting Mary and, and Joseph and the whole story and the wise man and the, the manger. And we get a really good nativity picture from the book of Luke. And that's what we did last year. We looked at, uh, you might remember our Christmas series called Good, Great, Gross. That was our Christmas series, looking at how in Luke chapter 2, verse 10, the angel visited and said, hey, um, don't be afraid for I bring you good news of great joy for all mankind. The good part is that it's good news what God has done for us and that good news will be translated into great joy and the gross part is like an accounting term which means everything so it's good news of great joy for every person and that was our Christmas. It's very clever. I know what you're thinking. Wow, how does he come up with that stuff? I don't know. Holy Spirit inspired, whatever. But this year, I, I didn't want to um, just dwell in the nativity scene I wanted because we just sang a worship song that really is an Easter song like talk more about the death and resurrection of Jesus than it did the birth and coming of Jesus which is what we celebrate Christmas about and that's because honestly Christmas and Easter are not two separate stories they're the bookends of the same story and and so I don't like to disconnect Christmas and Easter because it's all Jesus. His coming, his incarnation, his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension for us to have the life that he came to earth for us to have. And so, so John chapter, chapter 1 doesn't give us uh, a lot of insight into those early, early days because the, the last thing I want is, is for us to just have a... Um, have a story of Jesus that's just cute and festive that results in Jesus being, you know, a novelty, a nativity novelty, which is what we can do because we can make Christmas really about the tinsels and the lights and the Christmas tree and the carols and this wonderful time of year and it's beautiful and we watch American movies about snow while it's boiling hot outside and we think it's awesome and, um, and, and then the story of Jesus becomes no more than a, a nativity novelty but the, the reality is I want to talk about the, the bigness of the Jesus story. And that's sure, it starts with his birth, but it certainly doesn't end there. And us now, with hindsight, 2,000 years later, can see the fullness of work that he came to achieve that we now have access to as his children, which is awesome. So we looked two weeks ago at um, how, how John chapter 1 talks about Jesus as God's word. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, mind grenade blew off and we're just like, what does that even mean? And so looking at um, Jesus is God's Word. And God's Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And I had a little cute analogy with uh, Mangs up here asking me questions, and I wasn't answering him like he wanted because I was writing the answers instead of telling him the answers. But if he had have known that I was writing the answers to his oral questions, he could have any time had a look at those written answers to get 
the answers I was giving him, um, but he didn't know that, therefore missed out. And so sometimes our prayer life can be just like that. We can be praying to God, I want this, I want this, and we have an expectation of how God's responding, and when we don't get that response in the way we're expecting, we can feel like God is distant, God is not listening, God is somewhere else, and we can get disillusioned and disconnected from God. But when we realize how God primarily talks to us, and we have access to that 24-7, then that allows that connection to be more deep, more robust and more accessible 24-7 and that connection is Jesus what does God's voice sound like it sounds like what Jesus did and what Jesus said on this planet well how do I hear the voice of God read the gospels read about Jesus Read about what he did, how he interacted with people, what what his lifestyle was like, what his words, what he taught. Because Jesus is God's word and God is always speaking to us through his son. He's the alpha, he is the omega. They're just simply two ends of the spectrum of the Greek alphabet, the beginning, A for alpha and omega, O for omega, I don't know how it works, but um, it's the the first and the last letter. So, So Jesus is God because the word was with God the word was God Jesus is the first word to all creation and he will be the last word to all creation and he is constantly speaking to creation until that last word is fulfilled when he comes again to bring us back to glory and relationship and home with him does that make sense I hope so if not you can go back and listen to the podcast um And so today I want to dive a little bit further into another aspect that John brings to our attention in in these first few verses of of his book, his memoirs about the life of of Jesus. So if you've got a Bible, John chapter 1, it is the first chapter in the book of John. I learned that in Bible college. (laughs) Worth the tuition fees, that one. Here we go. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. See, how do we know that this Word is talking about is Jesus? Well, because John personifies his reference to the Word as a person, gives it a gender, gives it a personality. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, was with God. He, the Word, was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, without him, referring to the word, so it's a person, was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. 
No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. So this next part I want to talk about, we've unpackaged that Jesus, Christmas is all about Jesus, and John gives us insight into Jesus is the word of God, and we we know God, we know God's plan, God's purposes, because we see it in his word, which is Jesus. His word not just uh, communicates, but creates. If if you notice in the beginning, in Genesis chapter 1, God spoke, and the world came into being, so it was more than just, his speech was not just for communication, absolutely it is, but his speech is for creation, and so Jesus, in the beginning, created everything and communicates his life 2,000 years ago, was creating a pathway to, uh, for people to get to the Father, and was communicating how the kingdom of heaven worked and how we access that, so we see that Jesus is the word. Now John is giving us a further insight into Jesus being the light and the life. And the light and the life that that John is writing about all throughout here is not a force or an energy. It's a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. New Age have taken a hold of this language of, oh, that person's got an energy about them. They've got a there's this life about there's a, there's a force in that, but for me, I'm a very methodical thinker, and I just go, well, that doesn't make sense because it has to be a person because a force is so impersonal; it has no logical reason, it cannot make decisions or deductions. So, therefore, how does that navigate or fix or solve a problem? You need a person who can problem solve to fix and bring solutions, and we find that in Jesus. He is the life. He is the light. He is not just a source or a force. He is. A a person and we find life and we find light in him he is God's word which creates and communicates and he is the life that brings light into dark places I feel like I've got your attention <laughs> and I'm going to shift completely gears a little bit do we have a video I just want to show just a glimpse of a little video um, Shady that'd be great just as a who can relate to that video anybody yeah yeah seen it in real life. Um, I'm just thankful, for, for, you know, that sometimes that, that's just flour. There's, there's times where it's been um, ingested flour type substances that have been expelled through natural means that have been used to make a mess, if you know what I'm getting at. Um, and that's the kind of mess I don't like cleaning up. Um, but why did, I, why did I show that? A, because it's funny, it's, it's cute and kids do crazy things. Um, but that's sort of a cool picture of an illustration of us. Now this, what I'm about to get into, and trust me it gets better just after it gets worse, um, this is probably my most um, unpositive feedback that I get is when I talk about this particular topic. Um, don't talk like that. You've got to make people feel good about themselves. Don't say those sorts of things. But I can't help it. We, we aren't that great people in general at a very fundamental level because we are born into a, a sinful world. We aren't born perfect, although I looked at my three kids and they were born, looked pretty close to perfection to me. Um, but I know that inside of their hearts there is a propensity to make a mess of life, make bad choices because we are born with a broken nature that is imperfect and incomplete. And so what happens is we as people are actually like those kids. We make a mess, bad choices, 
bad decisions. Um, we, we, we serve the pleasures of our flesh. And like those kids, did you see the little, little um, the broom on the floor, like they've attempted to clean it up? But everyone know when, when your kids make a mess like that and they go, I'll clean it, I'll fix it. Oh, they do not clean it, they do not fix it. In fact, they make it worse than it was in the first place. Instead of cleaning it up neat, neatly, they smear it into every crack. It gets into the corners, it goes down the back of cupboards. It just, what was a small mess is now an atomic mess because they decided to, in inverted commas, clean it up. This is like people... We, we make a mess of life and we go, I'll, I'll fix it up with my self-righteousness. In my strength, I can make this better. And so we try to, through self-strength and self-righteousness is probably the best word for it, we try to clean up by works what can only be cleaned up by grace. And that grace is not something we can earn by works, it's a free gift that God himself bestows upon us. And so the life of mess that we might find ourselves in through faith in Jesus can actually be cleaned completely. Because like my kids, when they make a mess, my wife or myself are the only ones that can actually clean up that mess. They think they can do it, but they're making it so much worse. And we might think we can clean up our act and clean up our life and and make right the wrong decisions we've made or the mess we've made of ourselves. But in reality, the only way that can ever be made fully clean is by a, a perfect savior, a perfect redeemer. His name is Jesus. He's not a force or an energy. He is a person. He is a light in the darkness. He is the life that we are desperately seeking to have. Ephesians chapter 2 is one of my favorite passages. The first five verses. This is the bit that people don't like. And you and me, we, that's what you and me is. You plus me equals we. Again, Bible college, thank you. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. To use this metaphor again, we were dead in the mess of life that we had made for ourselves. Through poor choices, through not knowing any better, through what we would read right now, by following the course of this world, by being swept up in the current and contemporary culture, the contemporary way of thinking, by, by, by the way the media would project things, by the way we, we see fake news and just follow that rabbit trail, the way we get caught up in things that really just try to capture our attention but take our focus away from things that actually matter. We, we find ourselves in a mess when we get swept up by the culture of this world. And we are dead in the trespasses of our sins in which we once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, that's the devil, right? that's what they're saying, we were once following him, um, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Oh, wow. That's heavy. That's really heavy. That's, that's the picture of this kid in a, in a mess, covered from head to toe in flour, just like, and I'll clean it, I'll clean it, I'll clean it. And it's like, no, no, no. You're in a world of pain. We were in a world of pain. But then possibly the most powerful two words we will ever read in Scripture. But God. But 
God. That was the case. That was the snapshot for you and for me. That is a snapshot for for billions of people on this planet at the moment that are dead in their trespasses and dead in their sins. But God, this is where it's a game changer. This is what is so beautiful about the gospel message. But God... Well, being rich in anger and malice and spite is going to make us conform to a religion so that we can keep our behaviours in order and follow him like some self-righteous robot. Is that, my, my Bible doesn't say that. It says, but God being rich in mercy and because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in these sins and trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. It's by grace that we have been saved. That, to me, is the most stunning piece of literature you could ever put your eyes on. Because God is so rich in mercy. And because of the depths with which he loved us while we were still broken, while we were still sinners, while we were still following the cultures and patterns of this world, he scooped us up. His arm of mercy and his arm of grace and gave us brand new life again, washing clean all that sin, all that stuff that has disconnected us. This is why Jesus is the hope for humanity. This is why John describes Jesus as the light and the life. That his light will shine into the darkness of my heart and your heart and bring life into it. If it was nighttime outside right now and it was all dark out there and it was light in here, I, I would put $1,000 on the fact that if I opened that door, darkness would not flood in. It doesn't work like that. But I guarantee that if you open that door, the light would flood out. Because light always has power over darkness. And we read that back in John. It says that uh, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. That's how we be in the world but not of the world. Because we've got Christ in us, the hope of glory. And so Jesus is the light of men. He is the life. When he shines his light into the darkness of our heart, we become alive again. And I, I, you might be thinking, well, maybe you're exaggerating a little bit. Maybe you're reading more into than what John actually said. I would beg to differ. Because I'm going to read a few more verses right now that say that this is probably one of the major themes that John writes in his writings. Again, we've already looked at John 1.4. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. John 5, 24. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. 1 John 5, 11, 12. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son does not have life. John 5, 20. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. 
John 10.10, the thief comes to steal, kill, destroy, but I came in order that you might have life and have it abundantly. John 10.28, I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Jesus is the word. Jesus is life. He is so much more than a cute little nativity novelty. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He is God's Word who dwelt amongst us to communicate and create a way back to the Father. He is, even 2,000 years after His resurrection, He is the light of men. He is the light of heaven that you and I can have access to that will burst out all the darkness in our heart that has kept us trapped so that we can become children of God. So good. Because it says it here in John. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own. Jesus was Jewish. He came to reach his Jewish brothers and sisters, and they did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, the Gentiles and others, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of of God Jesus as creator and we see that everything was made through him John 1 as creator Jesus knows how creation works you would think that if an engineer built a car he would understand how the car worked so God Jesus, Trinity, created everything, knows how it all works. And he gives us a glimpse in John chapter 3 when he talks to Nicodemus and he says, unless a man is born again, he will never see the kingdom of God. Which is why works don't work. Which is why we can't strive to get to heaven. Which is why good people don't just go to heaven because they're good people. Against which metric are you, are you measuring your goodness in order to earn heaven? Because it's not about how good we are or what we do. There's a whole different way of going about things. It's about being born again. It's about the old us, even who, who tried to be good in our own strength, in our own intellect, in our own ability, in our own self-righteousness, but only made our life more messy. It's only by faith in the Son of God who loved us and gave himself up for us that we have access, that we can see the kingdom of God. Because Jesus is the light. We'll be constantly trapped in darkness if we are apart from Jesus. But when we accept the free gift of salvation, which comes by faith, in God, then this light which Jesus is illuminates our heart to see the kingdom of God, to encounter and receive the life that Jesus brings because he is the light of men. We must be born again. Bruce Shelley wrote a book called um, Church History in Plain Language. Any book that says in plain language, I'm up for that. That's just, yeah, sign me up. That's awesome. Keep it simple, stupid. That's me. He says this. um, Christianity 
is the only major religion to have its central event the humiliation of its God. But that's an Easter message. That's talking about the death of Jesus on the cross. Yeah, but it's one story. It's one message. It's one hope that we have. And Christmas, Jesus was born. We've got to remember why he was born. He was born to die, to make a way for you and I, to be reconciled back to God because of his once for all sacrifice for the sin that separated us from God so that the darkness in our heart could have his light shine in it because darkness could not hold him down because he is the light of life. And so he resurrected again because darkness cannot overcome light. Death could not overcome Jesus because he is light and he is life. And Ephesians 2, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead, even when we were his enemies, even when we were in a life of rebellion against him, he has made us alive together with Christ because it's by grace that you and I have been saved. Christmas is not a sweet, festive fairy tale. It's a fierce and robust cosmic love story where the moral of the story has eternal ramifications. Why don't we pray as we close? Father, we thank you so much for your goodness. Thanks for tuning in to the C3CH podcast. We trust this week's message inspired and encouraged you. We hope to see you in one of our services soon. For more information on C3 Church Coffs Harbour, visit www.c3ch.com.